Hi guys, thank you for tuning into this episode of Vetfolio Voice featuring Dr. Swanda Flowers and Ashley Moore of First Financial Bank. I always love talking to Swanda and Ashley because they make these financial conversations seem so much more achievable and so much easier to wrap my head around. This podcast was particularly fun because it was originally recorded as a Facebook Live in person at VMX. I am so thankful for the opportunities that technology offers us, especially since COVID, but man, it was nice to get away from the digital platform for a minute. Let me tell you about these ladies and then we'll get into our episode. Dr. Swanda Flowers graduated from the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences College of Pharmacy in 1999. In 2002, Dr. Flowers opened Flowers Family Pharmacy in Little Rock, Arkansas. Her expertise in pharmacology and business then led her to academia, where she led the way in pharmacy education, focusing on enhanced community practice services, entrepreneurship, ownership, business planning, and leadership and professional development. Dr. Flowers' work can be seen in multiple publications, and she's a prominent face within organizations. She's currently a loan officer for First Financial Bank in their professional services division, where she focuses her efforts on small businesses in both community pharmacy and independent veterinary practice ownership. Ashley Moore has over a decade of experience in growing successful business startups. She's worked with veterinary practices across the country and is passionate about their results. Before joining the first financial team, she worked with various small businesses as the creator of launch and expansion strategies that achieved exponential growth. She holds a degree in business management and marketing from Penn State and has leveraged her knowledge and experience to ensure the goals of small business owners are achieved. These guys are so much fun to talk to. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm back with my friends Ashley and Swanda from First Financial Bank. I think this is our fourth recording together. I think so. Yeah, we've done a webinar and a few podcasts. So if you guys have missed those, go back and, and have a listen because these guys are full of wonderful information. So today we're talking about the do's and don'ts of an acquisition. Guys, let's get into it. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank for you for having, having us. us. It's so good to see you. You too. In person. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm excited. Yes. Uh, so the do's and don'ts of an acquisition, purchasing a practice, starting a practice, securing a loan for expansion. I mean, this is a momentous occasion. So it would be very easy to just kind of get caught up in the excitement. So do you guys have some tips for do's and don'ts in that time frame, in that, in that momentous occasion? We do, and, and it's funny because every presentation we give, Ashley and I have a slide of do's and don'ts because right. we do sort of want to encourage people, you know, that there are some, some good things to do and then also encourage them that don't do these things because you're going to run into some roadblocks. So, you know, one of the things that we say all the time is don't be emotional. This can be very emotional. So like you said, this sure. is momentous. You know, this is yeah. a lifelong dream. This is a lot of money. <laughs> so, um, so it's very stressful. And you know, when you find the right practice, the right location, and everything seems perfect, you can all of a sudden become very emotional. You need to be sure that you're making a good business decision. So That's such try to not be emotional. <laughs> um, and if it doesn't work out, there will be another opportunity. Right, right. Um, so that's one of the biggest do's and don'ts, yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think another one too, is you know we want you to see the potential and the practice you're looking to go for but we never want you to pay for it okay we, we want you to see where you can take it but you're not paying for your own sweat equity 
So definitely, you know, see where you can take that practice, but make sure you're not paying for what you're going to be, where you're going to be taking it, essentially. I like it. I like it. Pay for what you're getting, not right. where you're going. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's both. I, I could see myself falling into both of those traps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. And then you need to do the things that, you know, really common sense would tell you to be prepared. Right. So think about, you know, do I have my personal finances in order? Do I know what my credit score is? Do I have a personal financial statement? So a lot of people haven't even thought about doing a personal financial statement and looking at their personal net worth. And so we encourage, you know, first-time customers and borrowers when we start these conversations, you know, have you done that? Know what your credit score is. Know what's on there. What is your net worth? Start to be prepared with some of those things because it will make that process a whole lot easier when you start talking to a lender. Sure, yeah, bring all the information to the table. There's no surprises. You kind of have everything right off the bat. Yeah, and in that regard, too, you should never accept poor outdated financials from mm -hmm. the business that you're looking to purchase. You definitely want to make sure that you have a clear picture of what you're buying. Yeah. And like, you know, she mentioned, it is a lot of money. So definitely make sure that you know what their production has been and kind of dig into those numbers. Yeah, we do. We get calls sometimes and we'll have a potential borrower they'll say well you know the owner doesn't want to give me all of their financials yet or <laughs> well that's on their tax returns and they really don't want to share that with me yet and you know Ashley and I will let them know you really can't make a decision about this right. or know sure. whether this is a worthwhile endeavor whether this business will cash flow you won't know any of those things until you can see you know the financial statements three years of tax returns is what we like to see and so be prepared to have those conversations with the seller as well and sometimes that can be uncomfortable and people are nervous about that but you want to be sure that you're ready to have those conversations because this is a huge decision and you want to be sure that you're making the right decision for you um, and your future. And I love these talks because you guys are so familiar with this process and have seen so many people go through it. And like you said, that can be a really uncomfortable conversation to have. So, you know, giving people that encouragement to say, no, have that, have that <laughs> uncomfortable conversation, right, push right, the envelope yeah, a little bit there yeah, and get exactly. the information you need. You know, the bank's not going to take outdated financial information from you. You're not going to take it either. Exactly, exactly. Right. And it can really slow down the process if the seller's not prepared to present those to yeah, the, to the sure. borrower. You know, yeah, I mean, that sure. will slow down the process a lot if the borrower has to wait several months for the accountant to get those things ready. Exactly. So anything that you can do on the front end um, will help <laughs> speed up the process on the back end. And then the other thing probably is you need to have some cash reserves. Okay. So most likely you're going to need to put at least 10% down mm -hmm. if you're going to purchase a practice, you know, an acquisition or even a startup you're likely going to have to put at least 10% down. So depending on whether or not there's real estate involved, that number you know, can be a little overwhelming sure. for some borrowers. Sure. And if yes. you're not prepared to hear that, you know, and, and you really can't, you haven't thought about where that money would come from, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that can be really discouraging. And so you know, I let people know on the front end, start thinking about that way in advance. Okay. Um, start building up that nest egg, you know, right, put that, right. that money into savings, knowing that when the opportunity arises, you'll be ready. Absolutely, and that's part of what, what we're gonna talk about is that, that personal cash injection right. into this stuff. Because I know we talked a little bit when we were kind of getting prepared for this about the time period in between getting that approval letter and hooray, I'm approved, <laughs> to actually closing the loan. And that's, right. there's a lot that goes on during that time frame. So what kind of considerations should purchasers, borrowers keep in mind in that time frame? 
Well, one thing with that cash injection piece is it has to be sourced for 60 days. Mm -hmm. So it has to be in that account 60 days prior to closing. It can't drop below. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people would not be aware of. Right. They'd not be prepared right. for of, you know, I have to have it. And uh, we were we were kind of chuckling earlier when I was looking at this question and said, you know, cancel all your subscriptions right. during that time. <laughs> if it's 50000 that's required yeah. and it falls to, what, 49999 yeah. we're starting all Start over. Start over. No kidding. Oh, my goodness. So it's, it's definitely important to make sure that you have it in there 60 days in advance. And I would say follow the directions when it comes to how to take it to closing, too. Sure. Don't take it out in cash. <laughs> don't, don't try to do anything. You know, definitely follow those directions when it comes to closing time as well. Yeah. You would be surprised. I mean, banks don't yeah. like money to just appear. Okay. And so we have to be able to, we have to be able to track the funds and we have to be able to source them. And so, right. you know, it has... It actually has happened where borrowers have taken out large amounts of cash and taken it down the street to another bank where their business account is going to be and deposit that. Well, you know, from the moment that money's taken out and put back in in cash, we can't, we don't know what happened to it. We don't know where it went. That's not traceable. So everything you do should be always in the form of checks, money orders, wires, things that, that a bank can trace because we, right. we're going to need to look at that money and huh. see where it's come from. Yeah. Okay. All right. All things. Yeah. I would not have, because I mean, I'm like, well, that makes sense. They just went and they put it in their account. It was their account. It came from here, went to there, but you're right. That's not traceable. No, it's right. not. So. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people, that's not something that you might think about. And so, so that's important that we be able to trace those funds. It's also important to think about, you know, where they come from. And mm -hmm. so sometimes your down payment can be gifted. Right. So you might have family, friends, you know, others that want to support you in this endeavor yeah. and they want to gift part of that to you and that you absolutely can do that. Okay. But there are steps that have to happen in order right. for us to be able to use that money. And so you want to be able to have that conversation with your lender as well. Okay. Um, and your lender should be available to answer questions and tell you all of those things on the front end. And I think, you know, yeah. Ashley and I through that process of, you know, once we, we give you that approval letter until the time we close, we talk to you almost daily, probably text, yeah. email, call. That's got to be so reassuring, yeah. though, when you're dealing yeah. in these huge, you know, large amounts right. of money to have somebody that is just checking in with yes. you and yeah, making sure, yeah. like you said, following the directions. And right, right. Because, yes. I mean, it's, there's a lot that yeah. goes into it. And again, just like, as you said, things you really wouldn't think mm -hmm. of that can cause substantial problems. So it, it is great to be able to just have that back and forth consistently sure. and, and have an open dialogue mm -hmm. the entire Make time. Make sure you have a lender who's willing to talk to you and, oh, and check in with you. It should be available. Very Absolutely. Available. Yeah. Right. Um, the other piece that, that often a borrower won't think about is collateral. Yes. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about buying a car or buying a home, you know, the bank will lend you money based on what that's worth, you know, kind of the value sure. of those things, right? And if you don't pay your payment. We're going to come back and take those things. <laughs> sure. Right. right? Yeah. We, we don't back. ever, we don't want to do that. We're right. Not, right. Know, but, but you know, there's a tangible, you know, piece of collateral there for those loans. Mm -hmm. Some business loans, there's a lot of blue sky or goodwill. Right. Which right. means there's, there's nothing tangible to come and take back sure. as far as collateral. Right. And so we want to give you credit for that as far as the business. I mean, that's a lot of how a business is valued, but we need other collateral to secure the loan. 
And okay. so think about personal property. After we, after we go through the business assets, mm-hmm. obviously that will be provided as collateral to, for the loan. Then we'll go to your personal assets, personal property, right. maybe real estate, your home or vacation home. And then after that, we may even require life insurance to right. finish yeah. collateralizing the loan. But we'll walk through all of those steps and let the borrower know, okay, you know, this is what your loan is for. This is how much business assets we've got. This is the collateral we're going right. to need. Okay. Um, but before you get to that point, you should think about that. Right. What What do you have? What are you know right. you're comfortable right. putting up as collateral? That's exactly right. Let's talk about the life insurance because this is something that will help collateralize the loan. And um, you know, when we first started talking, I that was news to me that that was even an option. <laughs> So can you guys talk to us a little bit more about using life insurance to collateralize a loan? Right, right. So it is after all those other mm-hmm. options are exhausted, we'll take a life insurance on any collateral shortfall. So say you have, for example, a $500,000 loan and $400,000 worth of collateral, mm-hmm. that $100,000 life insurance policy can bridge that gap. Sure. Right. Sure. Okay, so you can use that life insurance policy to bridge the gap, but from what I understand, there's there can be some pitfalls in relying on life insurance to bridge the gap. What kind of pitfalls do you see with that? I think one of the biggest pitfalls is timing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we can't write that policy for you. I can't I can't right, force your right. agent to hurry that up. And usually with life insurance, you're gonna have to have blood work or you might have to have a physical, you know, or those right. things often go into life insurance before you can get that policy. And so it does take a while. I mean, it takes several weeks. And so timing that is important. So if you are going to use life insurance as collateral for part of the loan, you need to think about doing that immediately once you get approval. So when you get that letter and it says, we are going to require life insurance, you need to call your insurance agent (laughs) and say, okay, this is what my letter says, you know, and and let's get the ball rolling because that can really stop closing. And and you can sit there and wait for a couple of weeks waiting for that policy. And then the other thing is there's some confusion sometimes about whether the policy, you're the beneficiary on the policy or the assignee. And so this is really foreign if you haven't had a business loan before um, with collateral as life insurance, but the bank is the assignee, not the beneficiary. Okay. So you're still going to pick your spouse, partner, family, children, whoever as beneficiary, and then you're going to assign that to the bank, which just means that if something were to happen, you know, Unfortunately, you know, sure. we hope that, that never does. Yeah, but if something did happen, that that policy would be used then to pay off what was left on the loan. Okay, and because that would probably be a concern someone would have right. using a life insurance policy to collateralize a loan. Collateralize, that's a word I've learned yeah. since talking to you guys. Um, now I can, I feel like use it You used it beautifully. Thank you, thank you. Love it. But if they're using it, they might be worried about, well, I'm taking out this life insurance policy in the, you know, unfortunate event something happens to me and I really want to make sure that whatever's left goes to my family, I'm, you know, I'm worried about them not receiving these benefits. What would you say to somebody who has those concerns? Yeah, so only the part that's left on the loan is mm-hmm. what is assigned to the bank. So, right. so in Ashley's example, you know, there's, you have $400,000 of collateral, there's a 100,000 gap, right? So that life insurance policy that's assigned to the bank is for $100,000. If this is 10 years down the road and you've paid off, you know, a lot of your loan, there's 25,000 left. That's all the bank gets. 
Okay. The rest okay. goes to your beneficiary. The rest will still go to your beneficiary. Yes. You don't have to worry that they're not going to receive right. those benefits. That's right. Exactly. Usually, though, borrowers would take out two separate policies. And so if okay. you have a policy that's there for your family with beneficiaries, however you decide to lay that out, mm -hmm. usually you'll get a separate policy for your business right. to okay. collateralize the loan. But at the end of the day, the bank is not going to take the full policy if that's not what you owe us. Sure, sure. And, and anything that's left will absolutely go to your beneficiary. Okay, okay. Well, that's good to know. I think that yeah. would be something really important to people who are using yes. that type of policy. Yes. And it Absolutely. can be confusing yeah. um, because that's often a term that, that people haven't heard before right. um, sure. if, if they haven't needed that. So, Have you run into issues where the bank is assigned as a beneficiary and then they have to go back and rewrite the policy? And it's, I've, I've ran into that issue yeah. and it can be fixed. Luckily, uh, That's good. much more quickly than say if they have to have a physical or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it can delay things absolutely, sure, but not not as long as if you know it, it, it's a health-related yeah. thing or something like that. So, so if you do mess up the paperwork, that part can right, can right. go back and be yeah. fixed. Yes, yes, yes. If you don't follow directions, yeah. yeah. If you don't follow directions. <laughs> yes, and be sure to pay attention to the length of the policies. So right. this yeah. is something that you know a lease or an insurance policy yeah. or whatever it is. Those things that are being used in the loan, they need to last for the life of the yes. loan. So okay. if it's a ten-year loan or a twenty-five-year loan, so think about that right. because it, it wouldn't work to have a ten-year life insurance policy for a loan was amortized over 20 years. Right. Okay. It can be difficult okay. to find insurance companies that will do 25-year life insurance policies. So it's something else to keep in mm -hmm. mind. Okay. Uh, when looking for them, sometimes they max out at 20. So sure. it, it can be another roadblock, so definitely get started on it quickly. Yeah, making those numbers match up. Yeah. And let us know when you're having a problem. Right. <laughs> yes, that's the biggest. Communication the biggest is thing. really yeah. important. It's absolutely key. Reach out to your lender because you guys have, have dealt with this pro right. way more than any of us have. Every day. Say, yeah, <laughs> this is how we're going to deal with that. That's right. I love it. I, well, I know every time I talk to you guys, it's it's like so reassuring. And I'm like, everything's going to be okay. Like, they, they know what's going on here. You guys have our backs. And fantastic. Well, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about cash injection, using that life insurance policy to bridge the gap, and, you know, some of the common pitfalls that people might run into with these types of loans. Anything else you guys want to talk to us about where you're like, don't do this, or do, you know, do this? Any final thoughts for us? I'd say just, again, communication is key. If you run into any hurdles, please reach out. <laughs> Let us know if there's ever any questions. You know, these are life-changing decisions you're dealing with your entire world, your, your life savings and everything like that. So if you ever run into any questions, problems, concerns, we're, we're always here. Fantastic. Make sure we're reaching out, yes. communicating, and following directions. I love that. That was just, you said that, and I was like, that's just like the simplest little tip is like follow directions, but it seems so difficult at times. Right, right. <laughs> it's the easiest hard thing in the world. Yes, exactly. And then I guess my advice would be to, to be prepared. So, okay. you know, be sure that you have good credit, that you are servicing all of your debt, that, you know, all of those things are in order because one of the, the most disappointing things that I've seen is that an opportunity is there that seems perfect for that borrower, but they're not ready you know, okay. personally right. and financially. Aww. And that's really disappointing. And so, you know, if this is something that you want to do and you know that you want, you know, to own and get into ownership, 
be prepared. Start thinking about that. So be sure that you're credit worthy. Be sure that you've got this nest egg for your down payment. Start doing your homework and research. And it's never too early to talk to a lender. It's never too early to call us and say, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what advice do you have or what should I be doing? We love talking to people, whether it's two years down the road, three years down the road, or next week they're ready to make an offer. Sure, um, sure. So it's, it's never too soon to reach out. I love that, just to kind of start the conversation. Because, I mean, like I've talked about, I've learned so much from talking to you guys in, in the different recordings that we've done. And so I can imagine just reaching out and starting that conversation, even if you're not ready and saying, okay, well, what do I need to think about? What do I need to be prepared yeah. for? So you can make sure what you're doing is the right decision. And like you said, you don't have to pass something up if you're not ready. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been fantastic, as always. I've learned so much all over again. Thank so you for having us. us. Thank you to Swanda and Ashley for joining me for another awesome talk. Thank you to First Financial Bank for sponsoring this episode. And thanks to all of you for joining us. I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, click on the Education tab on the Vetfolio webpage. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session, as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.